This episode of the Cigar Social Podcast is brought to you by Black Star Line Cigars. From the highly rated Warwich to the outstanding Lalibela and Classic El Milagro. These cigars are absolutely incredible and use the absolute best tobacco from Aganorsa Leaf, which is farmed and expertly handcrafted in Esteli, Nicaragua. Visit them at blackstarline.shop and use promo code CIGARSOCIAL15 for 15% off your entire order and receive free shipping on all orders over 100 bucks. Black Star Line Cigars. Cigars are a daily operation. Welcome to another episode of the Cigar Social Podcast, the podcast where we explore the fascinating worlds of cigars, craft brewing, and distilling. I am your host. My name is Matt. We have a great show lined up for you today. We're diving into the story behind the new and exciting Grainology Brew Stillery and exploring the unique approach to creating amazing craft beverages. Uh, this is exciting because it's going to be my hometown whiskey and uh, not only the uh, only distillery in Batavia, but I believe the first distillery as well. So th- this is exciting. Um, also, the third brewery in, in Batavia as well. So that's that's awesome addition. The second one, that's almost downtown river walking distance. To start it off, let's introduce our special guest for today. Joining us is Jason Kelly and Michael Reed. Thanks for joining. How's it going? And tell me a little bit about yourself. Jason Kelly. I've uh, been in the brewing industry uh, professionally now for about five years. Uh, before that, I was in sales for about 20 doing home brewing for eight or nine, and finally decided that I wanted to get out of the sales world and professionally on a brew deck. So I'm excited for this this venture and the next, and the next step. Yeah, Michael Reed, uh, Batavia resident for just over 12 years. Uh, just left uh, corporate legal product development from product compliance. Uh, so all the regulations that go into anything uh, you probably use in your household. Uh, to uh, follow this passion uh, that I started uh, homebrewing in 1991, and it's you know it's really a dream come true. I can't wait to get the doors open. Not and, and tell me we're we're all excited for Grainology to to get started. Before we get started here talking about Grainology, let's go through real quick. Uh, all four of us are smoking a cigar. Um, Jason, you have the La Aurora, Connecticut, 1987 Toro, mild to medium bodied cigar, five and three quarter, 54 ring gauge, uh, Connecticut leaf, and Dominican binder and filler. Michael, you have the All Saints Colorado Toro box press, five and a, uh, six and a half by 52, uh, medium to medium full intensity, uh, Ecuadorian Habano leaf, and uh, it's got some good ratings with the draw, the burn rate, and the construction. My wife has a La Giana Toro, uh, 6 and 5.54. That is a USA Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, binder and filler from Honduras. I have the Ramon Alone, uh, Ramon Alones, Toro, AJ Fernandez, uh, great cigar. I've had it before, 6 and 5.52, 100% Nicaraguan, um, and features that, that vintage Crow Ho 99. Let's sample some granology real quick. Uh, let's see, we got... What do you have? The what do we taste in? 
I've got the collaboration that we did with Sturdy Shelter. This is a Session West Coast IPA. Um, so we kept the ABV at about 4.9%, but really tried to hit it pretty hard with some hops, especially late edition hops, to really boost that flavor and aroma that come out of it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so like I said, just try to kind of keep the ABV a little bit reserved at about 4.9%, mm -hmm. but make it seem like it drinks like a six, six and a half. Okay. Hey, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's good. And that was brewed at your current location? That was brewed uh, at Frank oh, and Steve's at Sturdy Shelter. Correct. Right down the street. That's right. Yeah, it was truly a collaboration. Yeah. Uh, we pushed Frank outside of his comfort zone. He pushed outside of ours. And uh, I think uh, it turned out really good. Frank has good stuff. And, uh, I mean, a lot of the local breweries here are just good. You know, Newman uh, at, at Brother Chimp, great stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I'm happy to see that everyone's just kind of making the best stuff they could make, you know, and not putting out mediocre stuff. Absolutely. I think there's something special in this area, right? Yeah. You got David Energy City, uh, Stephen Frank over at Sturdy Shelter. Um, Guys down at Frank Penrose. And, yeah, Penrose, Frank, yep. Yep, Penrose. What's uh, the brewer at the assistant brewer at uh, Art History? Uh, oh God, what is it? Steve Newman and Sam. Sam, they do some great mm -hmm. work. So, can can how did it all start? Where did grainology come from? The seed to the grain of ology here, like, and why Batavia? So, Batavia, I, I'm going to hit that note before we hit the, the first note. Okay. So, when him and I started talking about this, before it really came into fruition, both of us said, Batavia has to be the number one target place. I think it was an underserved market, even knowing that, that Sturdy Shelter was coming into town, because when we started the conversations on this, Sturdy Shelter was not open, but we knew that they were coming. Um, even with them in town... They seemed like the most underserved in the Fox Valley area. Yeah. We definitely wanted to be in the Fox Valley area, and we kind of had a north and south boundary. And my line to him back in the beginning was, you will pull me kicking and screaming out of downtown Batavia. And, and I'm not a resident. I live in St. Charles. But I knew for this venture, downtown Batavia was where it had to be. Yeah. It took a long time to find the property, the right property. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that location has been kind of a hitter, like either a quick turnaround or it's been vacant, I believe, for the past previous not good a number yeah, of years. Section, the, the warehouse section yeah. has definitely been uh, vacant to a tenant for, for a long time Yeah, since I've lived in Batavia. We walked through today, and I, the, it's amazing the, the historic look that the shell is still there. The original building, it, it's just it's a beautiful location. Um, can't wait to see it finished. Also, can't wait to see that uh, barrel aging room mm -hmm. full of a bunch of barrels. That's what that yeah. that'll be exciting. Um, what do you have a, a specific like mission or culture that you guys are trying to uh, bring across to your demographic and you know people that are visiting your location? Yeah, when we created our business plan, it was all about um, uh, grain to glass, field to fork experience. Um, and as we've settled on a uh, geographic location to, to plant our roots, let's say, yeah, um, it's really about community and fellowship. 
along with doing uh, traditional styles in different ways. Uh, you know, off, off mic, we've talked a little bit about how we want a balanced portfolio of products on the beer side as well as the spirit side. So not let's not just go crazy with 7, 8, 9, 10% ABV products, mm-hmm. but let's also cater to those that, who don't drink alcohol and don't enjoy it. So, you know, NA options uh, are in there. Food is in the, pro- in, the, in the future, 18 months after opening is the target. You know, so really um, make great spirits, make great beer, provide options to people while still being true to the history yeah. of, the, of all of the different uh, um, styles and recipes. You know what, one thing I was just thinking about your location, uh, phenomenal parking, by the <laughs> way. For you Batavia? Have a, you have a nice yeah. big parking lot for, for a place like a, a facility like yours. We're going to have people come in. You don't have to worry about trying to find a spot, a spot in the street. You, there's, a, there's a nice lot. You're, you're good. No, we've, we've drank, uh, j- joked with uh, Frank and Diane about you know doing like the 26K marathon, 26 times between Sturdy Shelter and uh, Grain Allergy. <laughs> the Shumway 900. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I get a shot of beer every time I go. Yep, exactly. We'll do flights. The point oh oh five k. Yeah. You get a you get a stamp for every uh, two ounce pour. Yes. You get twenty six. You're, you're there. See. Um. <laughs> you show me a piece of artwork that you're working on. Um, is that best to define like the atmosphere, um, the the decor that you're going to be going for? Is that that? Yeah, we're we're doing kind of a steampunk theme. And I think that it lends well to bring in some of the history of the building that you talked about that we don't want to cover up. Yeah. Which was very why, you know, we were specific about not covering up that hundred year old limestone. And, you know, yeah, we could have framed walls over it and thrown some drywall up, but it, it really would have taken away from the history of that building. And any time that we wrap around a corner and there's a situation in front of us that we can keep that, we, we do. Um, and I think that that steampunk industrial vibe um, yeah. fits well with the building and it fits well with both of us. We're, you know, and our third partner, we're, we're all mechanically inclined and um, it, it just kind of ingrains us. And making things from whatever you have in front of you, that's what we're all about. And we're staying true to the building, right? We spent a lot of time with the Batavia Historic Society. And, you know, it's a manufacturing location, right? It's been there since 1902. So wind energy and pump, they've done, um, during World War II, they created over 300,000 artillery shells. Yeah. You know, that, that room that you mentioned where we're going to be aging. Yeah. Whiskey and limestone uh, that's, you know, half underground. And, it, by the way, perfect uh, temperature. When you walked in there, it was like immediately, oh, this is perfect to age. Yeah whiskey in here right and there's here. no environmental control on there so just yep. like going down to kentucky um, when it gets cold it's going to be cold when it gets hot it's going to be hot and that makes the mace maceration with the wood barrel mm-hmm. and the product that much more uh deep i guess is the right word penetration of the barrel right exactly got it okay right so when it gets hot right the wood expands and it pushes yep. all the fluid out and then when it gets cold, it contracts, so it sucks all that fluid in. Yep. And uh, back and forth for several years, um, it's just going to help make the product that much better. With the combination of brewing and distilling, is there a specific product or spirit that Grainology wants to focus more on than others? Maybe something that Grainology wants to be known for? Or is everything going to be like an equal uh 
you know, fair share of focus and attention. I'll let you take this one because you've spent the most time with our distiller. Uh, the one thing that I'm really excited to do, especially when he starts making some local botanical gins, is to make a beer product with the same local botanical gins. And I, I'm excited for that. I'm also excited to maybe kind of play on those. And even if I don't use the same things, use something in a beer that will complement that. So I'm excited to do some, you know, shot in a beer and, and not to minimize it, but shot in a beer or cocktail in a beer type specials that are really emphasize the flavors or let them come together and complement each other. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited for that type of stuff. And, and to do collaborations essentially with ourselves is something that I, I don't think many other places have the capability to do. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm also, I'm, program. I'm very pumped for a good barrel beer barrel program yeah and i can't wait until more spirits start coming out of barrels yeah um different things that you probably haven't tried before have have you thought about any type of bottled and bond uh product in the future yes yeah we have so if you if you know the regulations right bur- yep. you can call something bourbon in two years if you meet the other criteria but you don't want to drink it right yep. so uh, bottled and bond has to be four years um we definitely are thinking about that. And we have a bonded space in our location. Um, you haven't experienced it yet when you're walked through today, but there's going to be some chain link fence up that people might think might be tacky in certain areas. But we do need to lock it down because that space is really not in the United States yet because it's a bonded location. So once we pull it out of there, you know, it has to be uh, under the head, brew ma- or head distiller uh, and four years of age. Yeah. On top of all the bourbon regulations, so to make it a bottled and bond bourbon. Uh, so, yeah, we plan on doing that. So we plan on doing a craft bottled and bond. Hmm. And your ingredients are going to be sourced locally, or do you have, where, where is your grain and all that coming from? Uh, to start out, uh, we're probably going to source from some of the uh, <clears throat> regional leaders in grain. On the, on the spirit side of the house. I'll let Jason talk about the brewing side in a second. Uh, but uh, one of our uh, investors has a relationship with uh, Organic Farmer out in Sandwich. And uh, we're working on an agreement there to do our volume of uh, organic white corn to make our bourbon. So okay. trying to stay regional, local, uh, similar to gin Jason talked about earlier with uh, local botanicals, same thing with our grains, um, if the region can support it. But uh, the closer to home, the better, because uh, we, we want to keep it, you know, as close to home as possible. Yeah. On the brewing side? Yeah, so, again, on the grain side, we'll be using predominantly the, the big regional leaders that are producing phenomenal grain. There's a couple of suppliers that I um, already like working with for a couple science-y reason, reasons on the back end. Um, you know, hops are... There's, there's no substitute for hops growing out in Washington. There's just not. Um, although there are a couple hop farms locally that I am absolutely interested in, in doing some collaborations with. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm excited to, to use some local 
um, ingredients absolutely when available. Um, but I, to start, it's not going to be our bread and butter. Okay. You have um, the farmer's market coming to, coming to Greenology. This, this folks, in, our indoor market happens in the wintertime here in Batavia, and they're going to hold it here at Greenology. So if you kind of want a little sneak peek or you want to get there right at opening, um, November 4th to May 11th, 2024, uh, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Saturdays, the market will be open at the Grainology location, um, which that location is 131 Flynn Street, Sweet Sea, Batavia, Illinois, 60510. I saw a curtain, um, uh, the, the current state of the build-out today. Um, what is, what's your forecast for, for a grand opening? Um, touchy subject? or uh, No, it's not touchy. Uh, I could say with very high confidence... We'll be open this year. Okay. Um, our target was to be open by Halloween weekend. It would be very difficult to make that. Um, but uh, right now, the, 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 the numbers line up to a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, so hopefully the stars line up the same way. Uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're shooting for. So um, if you were to stop in there every Monday... Uh, for the last several months, and, and next week it's going to look totally different. We're moving very, very well, uh, and I want to keep that up. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the uh, the winter market from the farmer's market. You know, if we're not open by that date, uh, BEI has uh, agreed to host them on the dock uh, because Hearth and Hammer is now in place. Okay. Um, until we do have our occupancy permit. So we, we are going to host it. Uh, uh, we plan on being open as soon as possible in uh, the month of November, if not earlier. If I can make it happen, we can make it happen. Uh, so that's really where we're at. Before Thanksgiving, I'd say is 85th, 85th percentile or higher. Got it. Okay. Um, you mentioned earlier um, where the idea came from with uh, Grainology. And you said that you had a story behind that. Where, where did that... Where that idea come from? Well, it kind of all start, started with COVID. Uh, I think we were both too busy to actually uh, do anything uh, of enjoyment outside of work and paying bills and all that. So when uh, the lockdown came, um, I got to work wherever I wanted to work. And one of the places was a brewery up in St. Charles where Jason was working at D&G. Uh, and, you know, we talked. And we and talked about our past, our present, our future. And... Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's where the seeds were laid. Absolutely. He, he had asked me a, a couple, you know, recipe questions. He was going to brew another beer and, um, hey, do you want to brew a beer together? And we worked together and it, it went insanely well. And I've always kind of been the person that when I'm brewing at home, I want nobody there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be in control and I want to know the next step and I want to prep it and that's that. And when you find somebody that you can work next to that is prepping those steps for you and not getting in your way and slowing you down and actually speeding you up in that eight-hour process, that seems to work. Yeah. Um, My wife and I had actually started writing a business plan before COVID. I was working at a uh, brewery down in the city, Pilot Project, 
that incubates places. Um, in fact, I helped incubate Steve at Brother Chin. Okay. Um, so I was serving his beer before he had a brick and mortar open. Um, and I'd known him before I was down there, but so we had started writing a business plan and then COVID hit and it was like, well, this is not the right time to do this. And it wasn't, but by the time COVID had kind of started to slow down and, you know, I, I, we talked about brewing the beer and brewed beer and kind of went, now's the time. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, do you have any upcoming ideas for new beers? You're, you're like your first set list, if you would. Do you have anything exciting for that? So, <laughs> I, here, I'm going to jump in. I laugh because I'm pushing both Jason and our third partner, Eric, uh, who's our head distiller. Uh, hey, I need your production plan. Because if we're open on this date, you need to start brewing or distilling on these dates, right? So... Yeah, it's like he's got he's got a list. So now, uh, what's your what's your dance list look like today? You got at least eight beers, maybe ten. I've got every bit of ten. Um, <laughs> and that grain arrives tomorrow, right? So, yes, that grain arrives tomorrow. <laughs> I'm. I'll tell you what. I'm really, really, really excited about our hop water. Sorry about that. Um, we, we had a, a bit of conversation. We were both excited about it. I think Michael paused his excitement, and then I pushed him, and we, we jumped back into it and produced it, and it came out phenomenal, and we've gotten great reviews from it. So I'm really excited about that. Okay. Um, my absolute favorite beer that we've produced so far is my first mate. It's a 5.2 percent beer um it's going to be a nice light uh mostly pilsner base okay with a little bit of sea salt and coriander hmm. and so just enough coriander to let you know it's there and the same thing on the salt we keep them both re very reserved but they're in the background um, so that's a beer that we've probably produced four or five times already. We got uh, an award we, for that one. Yeah, I was going to say, we've, we've won an award with that one. Been very happy with that. I've got our 2.8% pale ale. Hmm. We are going to have a series that we call the table series, and it's going to be three and a half and below. Okay. And I will always have a beer on, yeah, on the table hmm. series. And they're not all going to be light-colored light beers i'm I, yeah keep going i i'm gonna play with them last year we did a uh, friendsgiving uh-huh and we had several beers on tap then we lined up uh three new corny kegs four new corny kegs there was like an uh a stout uh a classic ipa uh the first mate and the 2.8 and uh we blew through five gallons of the 2.8 that evening with about 24 guests Wow. That's um, all I drank. I drank it all day. Because yeah. I started drinking at 11 o'clock, and I knew I was going to be drinking all day. Yeah. And I knew I could drink that beer all day. Yeah. So I had one of the IPAs with dinner and went right back to the 2.8 and woke up the next morning and it was great. What's the name of the 2.8? Under the Table Pale Ale. <laughs> I like it. 
You know, it was really a target to like introduce. Everyone's got someone in their portfolio of friends or relationships that is not into craft beer, right? Uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. And we really we created that recipe to target the Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light drinkers uh, that have said, "Oh, I want to drink this calories, whatever alcohol level, whatever." You know, I think it was under 90 calories total count mm-hmm. per. Okay per 16 ounce and it was a 2.8 percent alcohol and it tasted better than a light beer i bet and yeah it's just here this better is ingredients better you know do. yeah the challenge is when you're doing something that light if you make a mistake you're going to notice it because there's nothing to hide behind right so it, that one went over well i can't wait to to do our first commercial batch i've got a uh imp- Stout, an imperial stout. It, it she's going to be a big boy. Okay. Um, it's probably going to come in between eleven and twelve percent. That will go in the right. first barrel that we empty for spirits. And oh. I'm hoping that that becomes our one year anniversary stout, barrel aged stout. You going to do that in the bourbon or the rye? I'm going to do that one in the bourbon. Okay. Yeah. Um, get a little more oakiness to it. Uh huh. I'm then going to pull off one barrel of that and do some variation of a coconut stout. And I think I want to partner up with a local barbecue um, and do a smoked coconut stout. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a hazy pale ale at about 5.5%. We've got a really good West Coast IPA that's like 6.3%. Um, we brewed that once now, but we we brought that out to the wild twice. We had that at the Oak Park Beer Fest, and we had that at Pints for the Pond, and that beer went over really, really well at both places. That's a good beer. Um, I've got a like about a 5.4% amber ale that I'm also going to make into like a holiday spiced amber. Okay. Um, I want to do a white tea wheat. And then I've got uh, a source on local honey. So I'm going to do a Braggot Saison, and that's going to go into the rye barrel. Hmm. Okay. So you got some funky things happening. Yeah, a little bit. All right. Do you, uh, I was going to ask about the calories. It looks like that 2.8 under the table is going to be like your low-cal, low every, you know. Yep. Okay. Won't be our lowest. The hop, the hop water is... Zero, zero, zero across the board, right? There's there's yeah. really nothing in there but water, minerals, and hops. Uh, and like Jason kind of hinted, it went really well. Uh, we've served it publicly a couple times. It was actually the first uh, keg we blew at Pints on the Pond. Okay. recently. Oh, so yeah. It was, besides being hot, super refreshing. And, you know, no additives. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember one individual coming up seven times to, yeah. to get refilled on the hot water. Can you fill the 32-ounce uh, cooler thingy yeah. uh, Yeti <laughs> cup? It's like, no. That's not the official Pints <laughs> by the Pond cup, right? Nope. It's also 0%, so I mean, it's like, True. I, I'll go a third of the way. <laughs> so you, you told, talked a little bit about the whiskey, the bourbon, the aging, um, the ingredients, uh, Will Grainology Brewstillery offer tours and tastings? And if so, can you tell us about 
the process, the tour that you plan on having for folks like that? Yeah. Um, you know, to be fair, we've we talked a lot about the, the brewing and just a little bit about the spirit side. So our, our third partner's name is Eric, and mm-hmm. he's coming from a craft distillery in Royal Oak, Michigan. And he's bringing with him, you know, product he distilled on a different still. I think that's still his name. He calls her Monica. Uh, he's going to start brewing on our the current still we have. Her name is Rose. Okay. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, we're going to have our own recipes there as well. But when we open our doors, we're going to have five-year-old bourbon and five-year-old rye that our distiller made somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important to just recognize that. We, we can't really talk about, you know, and name some things where he's been in his career uh, legally, but uh, he's gained a lot of experience, and he's already brought us a couple samples. Uh, two weeks ago, we did a, a review of our initial cocktail menu. Uh, okay. That hits things high in alcohol and lower in alcohol, um, and you know it really complements what Jason just said to you. Um, so we've we've got I think some unique things that you don't get everywhere yeah. around here. Maybe not even close to here. Uh, that would help balance out the, the question you just asked a little bit, and I, I we just I just want to keep it. We're a brew distillery, right? Yep. And you know, people have told us trademark that. Well, I don't think we're the first ones, uh, but we're we're the first in the region here, and uh, it, it provides a, a spectrum of opportunities that maybe people don't get other places, right? So I mean, it's the first one I've ever heard of. I mean, I've never heard of a brew distillery before. Um, there's probably 10, if you were to Google it, there's probably 10 or 12 nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not aware of anyone close by. No. The closest would probably be Maplewood in Chicago, because mm-hmm. they brew and uh, distill in the same location. Okay. Um, and they're pretty much a single grain spirit <laughs> kind of thing, so they have beers and spirits that match each other. Uh, quite good quality, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they were actually at Pines of the Pond. All right. Speaking of Pites by the Pine, any upcoming uh, events where people can find, meet, try, shake your hand, drink your stuff? Absolutely. We'll be at, uh, on October 14th, we'll be at Hops for Hope in St. Charles, Illinois. So it's a 5K and a beer fest, and uh, proceeds to that go to Project Mobility, which is an absolute unbelievable uh, non-for-profit helping people that have mobility issues with... Uh, bicycles and mobility apparatuses. Okay. Um, the the founders of that are Helen Julie Honeyman, and they are wonderful, wonderful people. Anything else coming up? <laughs> that in our grand opening, as soon as that can happen. By, th- by Thanksgiving, of, right? Uh, by Thanksgiving, we we would like to have in the uh, in the bag a couple of soft openings. Um, you know, thank all of our contractors, all of our. Uh, investors, uh, local uh, government, uh, and, you know, take a dry run. What what works, what's broken, get some feedback, and a couple of days later, open to the public. Okay. No, I, I can't wait. Like I said, that's – I'm a bourbon guy. So to have bourbon from Batavia, I need to you – know, it's, it's going to be close to home for me. Um, any upcoming projects, collaborations, people that you're working with? So I've got a collaboration with Riverlands Brewing in uh, St. Charles, which has been an absolute huge advocate for us. Um, We did some shadow days with them 
last year. Wow, I can't believe that's been a year already. Yeah. Yeah, they've been a great um, partner in helping us. Okay. We did some shadow days with them last year. We've got a collaboration brew. We're doing a uh, double hazy IPA. And we're going to pretty much time that beer that it's coming out right at grand opening. So we'll have that on. That beer is also getting canned, so we'll have cans of that. Um, and that'll be out in the wild in, in cans as well at you know lo- some local liquor stores mm-hmm. and available at Riverlands. Um, and that was another one that kind of pushed them outside their box a little bit and they pushed me outside mine a little bit so i'm really excited to see how that beer comes out we talked about oh you just mentioned a little bit uh when we were down at the the bruce dillery uh the canning uh process or your canning uh operation that you're planning your canning plan 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 yeah so we purchased a uh a canning line already Mm -hmm. we got a phenomenal deal on it and so we will be canning early in the process i don't i don't necessarily want to say day one right out of the hole yet but by the second tank turns we'll be canning so you know if you walk in the first week we might not have cans to go but by the time you walk in the fourth week we'll have cans ready to go Mm -hmm. so really excited about that um not planning on doing crawlers uh, out of the gate um I, I just I don't like how long it takes and you know the servers back to you for a minute filling up a crawler. Yeah. I, I don't think it provides as good a product as it does when it's canned on a, a canning line that's got two shots of CO2 in it before the lid goes on and so it's not a gracious experience it, it, either in not. the moment or afterwards. Right. Yeah. And, and so we're we're trying to do every single thing we can and and you know Make sure we have the absolute best grain and the absolute best water and the best hops and the best yeast going into this product. And when you take this can out of our our brustillery, I want to make sure that it's the best that it can be when you take it home. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want to jeopardize at the last second the quality of the product that you're walking out the door with. Yeah, it makes sense. You you brought that uh, also the the same point for the the howler or the growlers yeah i'd i we haven't made a final decision on this but i'd really like to only fill growlers that are co2 charged and and i understand that they come with an expense and and it's it's not inexpensive for people but i think that if you're going to take the the time and money to invest in our product and we greatly appreciate that or anyone else's for sure and and it does not have to be branded with our name on it by any stretch, you know. But no, but that's a merch opportunity. A little but, cool, cool little steampunk looking. But but that's that's not why. No, you, no, you know, no, and, absolutely and, not. And, and no. it's making sure that you again that you're taking home the best product that we can absolutely yep. deliver. And you'll and have people trained on how to to fill them, and you'll be charging it there too as well. Yep. Uh, we won't be charging it. They they come with little. They're almost like the bike pump CO2 okay. cartridges. Um, so you don't have to charge them on site, but um, you know, it it just makes sure that you're getting the best product mm-hmm. that you can absolutely get. Um, sounds like a great place. Like I I can't wait to see it open. Um, you you mentioned maybe a possible outdoor area as well. So that's that's going to be potentially in the works as well, but mostly right now everything will be indoor, 
at opening. Yeah, it's right now. It's pretty much in the works uh, from the perspective of we've submitted a plan to the historic uh, society. Um, it was approved, but we haven't applied for permit. Uh, the reason is it's about cash flow, right? I'm going to open a patio in November. Yeah. Why would I spend that money right now? So we will be applying for permit in November, December time frame so that we can start in May. Okay. But yeah, we'll have a eastern facade patio. Uh, from a fire marshal perspective, it's uh, able to seat about 95. Yeah, we're yeah, going to start with uh, uh, half and half. So half is going to be patio, half will be grass. Like if someone wanted to sit out there with a yeah. blanket. Um, Set up some cornhole bags or something in the grass. Yep, and we love animals. All right, so you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you if you talk to the health department, animals can't uh, come into place unless they're a service animal. But you know, they can definitely be outside, and uh, animals don't always have as much patience as people when they're out drinking. So when they got to go, they got to go. Uh, and you know, being along that walking, you're you're more towards the Clark Island section of the of the walking path. Absolutely. Yeah. But you are, you know along the walking path, you can see the path from your front door. Um, and to have not only that location right there where people come off those bridges, but to be a part of the walkway, right? Because that, the, the Batavia walkway slowly being built mm-hmm. piece by piece. And it's nice to finally see, like you said, the Batavia's kind of been like the neglected uh, child of, of the Fox River. They're, they're late to the game, but hopefully we come with better toys. Yeah, exactly. So to have, you know, you as another addition to the community is, is something I, you know, thank you, really. I mean, from the Tavians, it's, it's, it's great to see. Um, no, thank you. No, thank you. I've been coming here for a long time, and I've lived here for a long time now. It's uh, yeah. actually the longest place that I've lived uh, since my youth. And I remember coming to Batavia, and it was a sleepy little town 30 years ago. Uh, you know, it shut off at 8 o'clock. And you know what? They still go to bed early on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but, you know, Thursday and Friday, there's a lot more activity downtown, and it's awesome to see. Yeah. Awesome. From Peg Bond to the hangar, we got the Comedy Vault. I mean, yeah, it's it's growing, and we want to be part of establishing, we want to be an anchor for the southwest corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Sturdy's been a great partner so far. Yeah. Um, we need a couple more things down there, but, uh, you know, it's really an artist kind of district right now, or, or artisan district mm-hmm. with the craft brew and beer. Uh, craft distilling, uh, yeah, I mean, we can do some great things for Batavia for the next couple of decades. Yeah, and you have a lot of local, hopefully, I mean, I'm, I'm only assuming, but support from the community's uh, local pubs. You know, everybody does rotation of cra- local craft beer. So, you know, to get at Sidecar, to get at Windmill, you know, do collabs with, with Frank and, you know, Wilson Street Tavern, the, the cellar, all those locations will have those rotating local taps so that's awesome to be right there in the middle of it uh we we just hope we can keep up in the first year Mm. (laughs) one thing that i'm really excited about is you know doing collaborations within the industry is i I don't want to say commonplace but it's fairly common i think doing collaborations outside of our industry though is something that i'm really excited about and you know i've i've already talked i've mentioned them before but i've already talked to the people at project mobility about doing something with them and there's other in other um small businesses in the area that i'm 
targeting in the back of my mind and necessarily haven't reached out yet yep. that I want to do collaborations with outside of our industry. Um, and, and the other thing on that note is, you know, people, consumers see brewery to brewery collaborations and they think that's so cool. That industry is so awesome and so welcoming. And I can tell you as somebody that's crossing over from a consumer to a producer, the level of brothership and welcomeness in this industry is far beyond what any listener could even imagine. Yeah. Um, this industry has been more welcoming and receiving and supportive than anything I've ever experienced in my life. From, you know, you walk up at a Brewers Guild meeting, oh, oh, I heard you and or heard about you guys and how's it going? And uh, this industry is ridiculously supportive. Yeah. And it's, it's great to be a part of. And I, I can't wait to pass that torch forward. Um and, and be the next person that's doing that just as somebody's done it for us. Yeah, no, that's a great ex- great example. And so it's not only our industry, but also Batavia. Whether yeah. it's uh, Batavia Main Street, mm-hmm. uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, even even the alder people and, and the mayor, I mean, and uh, city administrator. They've been so supportive. I mean, when we approached the city to years ago and talked about some of our obstacles that included no class of a license for a distillery. You know, the mayor and the city administrator were great people said, you know, thank you for bringing it to our attention. Well, we can, we can look into that. Right. Yeah. We came back to him a year later and said, okay, we're ready. We got our business plan. We got our money. We're ready to go. And Oh, by the way, next week we are having the uh, city council meeting on changing and rezoning for distilleries. Yeah. Right. We didn't talk to them for 12 months. Okay. And they did it all on their own. So I can't, I can't thank the city enough. Yeah, I was about to ask you about that process because <laughs> being the first distillery, I mean, we've had breweries, you know, but I mean, I, distillery is a, it's a next level, you know, to, oh. to, to permitting and, and going through the city, making sure the town wants something like that in their community. Oh, yeah. No, it's a challenge. I mean, uh, if you look at the federal, so it's federal, state, and municipal, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if you look at the federal level of licensure, um, spirits are more highly regulated by a factor of 10 than, than beer uh, or malt-based products, right? And then you get to the state, and it's even more stringent. Uh, and uh, we used Aurora as a model because of two brothers, Roundhouse. They opened... Uh, or established a distillery. I don't know what they're producing there, but they created a local municipality class for distilleries. Totally separate from beer. Uh, Batavia and what they have done, reducing the complexity for breweries and establishing distilleries and wineries Mm. in one uh, class is just huge. So now, you, and we are getting a winery in Batavia yes, as well. Yes, you are. I wonder if that was a package deal. Could have been. Could you have know, been. something to, to kind of help both of you out. When you start doing the math and look at Batavia, uh, it's a growing place. We might be landlocked from a population standpoint. Yeah. But more and more non-Batavia residents are coming to Batavia to do things. And things like wineries, breweries, distilleries 
with other businesses are creating that draw. Late to the game, better toys. Yep. I see that. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like listeners to know about Greenology? Um, I know we covered a lot, but is there anything that you want them to know about you? What do you think, Jason? I think uh, I think we've covered a lot. I think part of the reason that uh, is, so Mike and I un, uncoincidentally have quite a few, or coincidentally enough, have quite a few. Uh, parallels in our life without even knowing it and I think that's part of why we hit it off so well we're actually both Southsiders mm-hmm. so uh, we both grew up or we both spent some time in Connecticut what part um, I was in Middletown Cheshire okay I did a lot of work in Cromwell and New Haven oh yeah okay yeah I did a lot of work in New Haven Frank Pepe's pizza yeah <laughs> well I was never a fan of Connecticut pizza it doesn't hold a spoon to Chicago Oh my God! Really? Yeah. We, yeah. we are. If you're in Connecticut, eat seafood. We're, we're, right. This is true. <laughs> well, that's why you right. go to Frank and you get you get Frank Pepe's. You get the clam pie. Yep. Exactly. When they cut when they cut sausage in in slices instead of crumbles, I you lost me. When you cut pizza in squares instead of slices, you lost me. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. But to your question, what do they want to know about us? Uh we're a bunch of people who left the corporate world uh, to pursue dreams. Um, we want to stay true to the, the to the region that we've spent a lot of time in. Yeah, we we both lived in Cheshire, or I'm sorry, Connecticut, for a period of time, but it was a short period. Uh, we're Chicago Chicagoland natives. Um, mm-hmm. We love the Tri Cities and the Fox River, uh, and don't want to go anywhere else. And uh, we want to make it a place for everyone to come to, whether you're uh, local or out of state. Uh, and uh, we, we really respect what Batavia is trying to, to do. Mm-hmm. And we're so happy to be a part of it. Yeah, no, I, I can't wait to, to get inside those doors and, and try some of your stuff. It's been great. It's been have a, a pleasure to have you on the show. Folks, remember, Cranology is located at 131 Flynn Street, Suite C, Batavia, Illinois. 60510 and the entrance in the parking lot are both wheelchair accessible i saw the the new ada ramp out front looks awesome thank you um grainology batavia.com is the website mm-hmm. correct where can folks find grainology on social media so we are in on instagram at grainology underscore batavia and on facebook at um grainology batavia uh, that's where we, where I do all of the social media posts and stories and reels and all of that stuff. We're kind of publicizing our whole build out. Yeah. On oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, fin- it's, a, it's a huge undertaking. I mean, walking in there, I'm like, oh wow, there's st- okay. I thought there might be some things, and there's not. There's, I mean, there's boards and and studs and. This is where the bar is going to be type even, of situation. <laughs> even now, we love giving tours, right? When you walk in that oh, it's, front it's door. It's huge and beautiful, though. It's, like, underwhelming yeah. when you walk in that front door. And then you take two steps, and it's like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I think we've got a really cool place. Uh, we've got some really cool partners in uh, the property. And, yeah, the sky's the limit. Yeah, the, the location is great. Um, like I said, the inside, can't wait to see it. Uh, and... Hopefully, I get to see it at the Batavia Farmer's Market. 
You will. Uh, at first, uh, the Green Allergy Bruce Dillery at uh, November 4th to May 11th. Market will be open on Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, can, I, can I touch on the social media one second? Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, Michael hit on it real quick, but I just want to emphasize it. I am really, really trying to do a good job at letting people follow along with our build out. And I'm doing it for a couple of reasons. Mike doesn't know this yet, but part of it is that it gives us one place to go back to a year and a half from now and go, remember this, remember this, remember this. So it, 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 it really does put it all in one place for us because mm-hmm. so many times you start a project at home and you rip it all out and you go, oh, I should have taken a picture of that. And... So it, it gives us a spot to yep. go back and look to, but I can't tell you how many people come up to us and say, every time you post, we're so excited to see the next step that you're at. And I'm really letting people follow along on this journey with us mm-hmm. because I think it's more important than just producing beer or spirits. It's about the journey and we're going to continue that after and there's going to be journeys of beer and there's going to be journeys of spirits and there's going to be journeys of events because they don't just happen in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it always will continue to be a story. And so I, I wanted to start that story early and I think we've done at least a, a decent job at trying to capture that early. And so if you follow along with us, you, you're going to get to, to see the, the, how it comes into fruition. It's the uh, it's the journey, not the destination. Exactly. You know, I mean, I like, I love Frank's location at Sturdy Shelter. Beautiful location. Mm-hmm. I would love, I would have loved to see that transformation, you know, just because, same thing with your location. It's that big, older building. I mean, a time-lapse camera would have been pretty cool, too. We've, we've got some plans for that. Okay. That, that's not done yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That will be done. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the, it's the, the journey folks. Listen, uh, thank you for joining today at the cigar social podcast. Friends of the leaf. Don't forget to visit our official sponsor, black Starline cigars at BlackStarline.shop. Use promo code cigar social one five for 15% off your entire order and free shipping on all orders over a hundred bucks. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time here at the cigar social podcast. Mm-hmm.